you Lord. We give you all the glory Father. We welcome you into this place Lord Jesus. <clears throat> you are the head over this place. For what you have done in our lives both seen and unseen. We worship you Jesus. Let your will be done inside of each one of us. And I pray from today Father that we may be fed that comes from your kingdom we thank you for this teaching lord we thank you for this revelation we thank you for everything you have given us through the, your spirit so we can grow in your image in jesus name we thank you lord and we say amen 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 praise the lord <clears throat> thank you for coming and I hope today blesses your heart. It will bless your heart. <clears throat> Thanks. Oh. Did you take photos of my notes? Okay. So we've got a, a lot to get into. So we'll put up, I just want to give you a rundown of what the Holy Spirit spoke to me at the beginning of this year. He spoke to me at the beginning of this year that he's going to begin to teach me about the deep teachings of Paul. You remember this? How many people remember this? Do you remember how the Holy Spirit told me he's going to start to explain to me the deep teachings of Paul and the deep teachings of Satan? Remember? I want to show you a scripture that the Lord gave me from Revelation just to, just to show you that you don't take this teaching lightly. It's the Holy Spirit himself trying to establish your heart so you can be protected from the enemy. Today, so many Christians, they are, they are spiritually affected from the enemy and they think it's themselves. And from this teaching, you'll know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us for one main thing, and that's to protect your heart, to protect you from falling away, and to protect you from becoming ineffective. This is from Revelation, and the Lord spoke to me clearly that not every church is going to have this teaching. So I heard someone on our page saying that People, like, they're confused when you talk to them about this teaching. And we don't say this to, uh, to look, over, look down on anyone. We say this by God's grace that he's given us something. He demands more. 
Whatever God reveals to us by the Spirit, He's lifting the level of faith, lifting the level so we can walk with Him more greater. Amen? So in this place, there's no such thing as the Christian that's ineffective. You're going to know the level and standard of God. And I say this in truth. So whatever God reveals to us, whatever revelation He reveals to us, it's so we can mature far greater and to walk in, in the way that he wants us to walk. I'll read you that scripture quickly. This is to the corrupt church. It's from Revelations <coughs> chapter 2, verse 18. I'll read it quickly. It's from the New King James Version. It says, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has ears like a flame of fire, and feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, and faith. It's interesting how he starts. Your love, service, and faith, and your patience as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of the deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. And I'll give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan. That there is something about knowing the depths of Satan, meaning the deep schemes of how he works in people's hearts and minds. He's saying here, Now I say to you and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put no other burden on you. Meaning, I won't put any more uh, pressure in, in trying to defeat uh, the depths of Satan because you don't know about it. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I'm going to show them to you. So what you've been seeing in the last five to six weeks about the characteristics and behavior of Satan, it's not something you cast out. It's something that you resist in your heart and your mind. Are we understanding? It's a behavior that you change. And when you know he's behind it, you'll even be more shocked. Because it's not yourself, it's a spirit. So the Holy Spirit showed me he's going to show me the deep schemes of Satan in where? In the hearts and the minds. That scripture is for the hearts and the minds. So bless you all. So the first spirit I spoke about, let's have a quick, um, just a reflection. The first spirit I spoke about was the spirit of the Amorites. Who remembers what I spoke about? What does the spirit of the Amorites stand for? Criticizing. That's good. Anyone else? Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. 
That's good. Exactly. So putting down someone to make yourself look better or high, much higher, it's, it's good. That's what it means. So I'll just give you a quick rundown. It means to speak against another so as to boast about yourself. That's the spirit of the Amorite. How common is that? It means to speak against another. To be honest, everyone has done this. I'll put my hand up the first. But, but it's good that we can see it now. It means to speak against another so as to boast about yourself. To speak in order to murmur against another. To say something in a wrong spirit. A spirit of criticism, which is a perverse spirit, which means to turn from the right to the corrupt. The spirit of the Hittite was a, such a, a hit home. We can remember the spirit of the Hittite, anyone? The fear of the unknown, who said that? Fear of the unknown, yes, anyone else? The fear of the unknown? Anyone else want to add to that? What's that, sorry? Oh, yeah, so that's behind, yeah, the realm of anxiety, yeah. So I'll just give you a rundown. Means, uh, spirit of the Hittite means sons of terror, which means an extreme manifestation of fear and is always related to the element of mystery. The fear of unknown Terror is more emotional than mental. The enemy attacks in the emotional realm, bypasses the mind, attacks you in your emotions. Well, that's the spirit. Extreme manifestation of, of a mystery. What's going to happen to me? The spirit of the parasite, anyone? I preached that two weeks ago. An unwalled village, unprotected. So the enemy waits for an opening to attack you when your walls are down, when your commitment and your walk with God becomes like a place where it's, you're not fully committed. The enemy has entries and doorways to attack you. Isn't that interesting that when the enemy came, at an opportune time to attack Jesus, he was fasting and prayer, and praying, and he couldn't penetrate him because he was strong spiritually. And he said that he he'll he'll leave and look for an, another opportune time to attack him. So guess what happens when the enemy is coming against you? How many people here are facing warfare? How many people don't know what warfare is? How many people are struggling in their journey? How many people are battled and they're, they, they're not stable? What did Jesus do in the beginning? He prayed in the spirit, meditated on God's word, fasted. And the Bible says he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he operated in the power of the spirit. He activated the power of God that was inside of him. And the enemy couldn't penetrate him because he was fasting and praying and declaring God's word, especially when the enemy was coming against you. Anyways, I don't, I don't want to go there. I get carried away in this topic. So, the spirit of the Canaanites. Well, such a revelation today from the Lord. All glory to his name. But remember, everything that God's given me, 
everything that God's given me is to lift the standard of how you walk with God and lift the standard how pure he wants your heart to be. So we'll go to, we know the scripture from Exodus 23 to 20 to 33, that little by little. Do you want me to read it all, all again or it's okay? It takes me half an hour to read it, so if you want me to read it. <laughs> Do you all know that scripture or you just want, to, you just want me to read it? Get it up there. <laughs> So this is the picture of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. This is a picture of what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Okay? It says, Behold, I will send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit when he comes in your life. Okay? <clears throat> Next, please. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Well, how does that sound for the New Testament? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay? Next. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I'll be an enemy to your enemies. What happens when you obey the Holy Spirit? You will hate what is evil. You will cling to what is good. You can see the picture? Okay. <clears throat> enemy and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Stop. So the moment the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he will take you into this place to deal with that, all those characteristics. Are we understanding? So he will take you to do warfare to expose all those characteristics in your heart. Are we understanding? So, so you, 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 when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, he will start to expose what's inside your heart. Pride, rebellion, sin, fear, criticism. Are we understanding? So, so when you come to Christ, what does the Holy Spirit do? He puts you in front of what the enemy has polluted all your life. Are we understanding? Yes? So when people tell me my life, is, my life is far worse than I started, no, the Holy Spirit's brought you to the place, brought you to the place of what's polluted your heart your whole life. Understanding? Okay. And I will cut them off. How, how do you cut them off? You have to expose it first. You have to identify that this is in your heart. You come to Christ. You confess it. And then he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. So let's say God brings out these characteristics in your heart or the behavior of the devil. Guess what happens? You say, Lord, I have exposed these things in my heart. I repent from them. And I ask you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. What, what happens? God removes that from your heart. You become free. Amen? But you have to, you have to deal with them face on, head on. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He brings you head on to face the devil. And I will cut them off. They're cut off because of Christ. 
But how can Christ cut something off that you're not aware of? So the Holy Spirit comes inside of your character, your behavior, your heart, and he begins to expose those things in your heart. Then you will not walk in that old nature anymore where the enemy has been dictating and controlling you. Are we understanding? Yes? And then the blessings follow. And then the direction from God follows naturally. Why? Because the enemy has no place anymore to reside in you. We're understanding? You know how many people came to me last year? And I, I don't know why, I'll just, I'll just share it with you. So many people came to me last year. It's probably six people in six months. And they said, I have a problem with you. They're talking to me. I said, I have a problem with you, but I don't know what the problem is. And I said, I don't know, I just, there's something in my heart. And I said, my friend, you want some godly advice? Go search your heart. And they said, I don't know, like, um, it's like I want to hate you. And, and God bless them, you know, for, for coming up and, and being so honest. But they thought that I was the problem. They thought that I was the issue. I was just exposing what was already inside them. And, and, and they, they couldn't see that they have an issue inside their heart that God is trying to expose. Okay. Uh, next scripture, please. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. That's a day-to-day -day thing. A day-to-day -day thing, that pillar, has to be a pillar of God in your heart. Meaning the flesh every day wants to uh, squeeze its head out to, to deter you or to allow you to focus on other things. It's a day-to-day -day battle. Yes? The flesh is a day-to-day -day battle. You can't think, you know, it's under control now, it's in subjection. Before you know it, you're in a realm where you're fleshly again. It's a day-to-day -day battle. And I like just to put that out there. The Bible says when you walk in the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's a day-to-day -day thing. Okay. You shall completely break down their sacred pillars. Next, please. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and he will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. Okay? And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittite from before you. Now, this is interesting. I'll just go back to that scripture. I'm not going to explain that scripture because he, he identifies only three spirits here. You know, but this is another treasure. I don't want to get carried away. So, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I'll drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Now, isn't that interesting? It says here, until you have increased. Now, that's your part. The Bible says when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. 
if your, if your process is quick in seeking God and you're seeking it with all your heart and your time is um, built in the wisdom of God where you're spending it with God every day, your, your elevation and promotion from God will come so quick. But if you're loose in your journey and you compromise your time with God, your journey will be slow. Yes? Yes. So that depends on you. The Bible says the one who hungers for righteousness, they shall be filled. When you, God, what, what moves the heart of God? Hunger. You're hungry, he feeds you. And the best part about it is when, you, when things aren't going well for you and you're still wanting to be fed from, he sees a son. He doesn't see a slave. He sees a son that wants to walk with God. Little by little, this is, that statement there is God's mercy and, and patience with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That statement is a beautiful statement. That God meets you where you are. He really does. I look back and all the times that I went through these hard challenges, sin, unbelief, rebellion, and how patient and loving God was with me in those times is what I am today. I shared with someone today, you need to identify where believers are in their journey. I said, when a believer just gets saved, you're not going to tell him to fast and pray like you do. He needs mercy. He needs the love of God. See, when you identify where a believer is, you won't give him something he can't handle. You'll give him something that he can feed on and, and, and digest. And I shared that with someone today, that the first place of receiving forgiveness is mercy. The, the throne of grace is mercy. You enter the throne of grace to receive mercy in time of need. The first procedure of you coming to God, for the ones who just got saved, your identity is the mercy of God. Your identity is the cross. Because when you received mercy... You have received forgiveness. When you have received forgiveness, then the love of God is in you. What does the Bible say? The one who is forgiven much, he loves much. What's the process of you receiving the love of God is how much you know you're forgiven. Understanding? That's why so many people beat themselves up because they, don't, they haven't received that forgiveness that comes from mercy. When you receive mercy... You can rest in him and the love overflows. But I shared that with someone today, that a believer, before he can become obedient and lay down his life and beat his body into subjection to the Spirit, he needs mercy. He can't sacrifice his life yet. Next scripture. And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea. He sets boundaries, he establishes you now. He builds a foundation. Philistia and from the desert to the river, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me, for if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. What does the enemy do? He lets you serve their gods and then you're trapped. That's the scripture. Okay, so we'll bring up the next one.
the next one is a, is the meat of it. Genesis chapter 9, verse 18 to 29. Now, I want um, four volunteers, two girls, two guys. Someone that looks like Jesus here. <laughs> um, who, who should I get? Yeah, we'll get the guy in the back. Yeah, you knew I was gonna call you. Come up, we'll get Tammy. Tammy, come up. Everyone's no, 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 no Judas yet. <laughs> okay. Um, another guy and a girl. Come on, anyone, just come up. I'm not going to ask you any questions. I'm just going to point something. I'll show you this treasure. Hey, no, that's, that's Moses right there. <laughs> okay. So, the Enoch will be Noah. Enoch will be Noah, and once I'll, I'll get to you a sec. So this is on the page. I'll just give it some room. So this is the New King James, right? Yeah? The precise one? Okay. I'm not going to get caught out. <laughs> so this is it here. Now this, I'm going to show you the treasure here that God showed me. It's actually a treasure of what God was trying to do from, from in the Old Testament to the New Testament hasn't changed. It's just inscripted there. Remember what uh, St. Paul said in Romans? That everything of the old was written for our understanding so that we can stand in patience or stand in truth. Yes? Look what it says here. Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. You know I'm speaking about the spirit of the Canaanite today. Next scripture. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. Next. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. You see what Noah is symbolic of? Anyone? Who? Jesus Christ. Next. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. Now I'll explain what this means. Next one. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders and went backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see the father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan. A servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. Next. Is that it? And he, oh yeah. and he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Now look at this here. This way it gets powerful. 
May God enlarge Japheth and may he dwell in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years. That's it. Now let's get into the treasure. Now I don't know how this is going to plan out, but Enoch, you stand back here. So Enoch is the, he's Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, so like he's a type and shadow, like Noah, Jesus Christ. So he's everything. <laughs> okay. So so Noah, I'll just I'll just read the scripture before I keep going. Noah is the type and shadow of Jesus Christ. Okay, I'll, I'll read it from Genesis chapter five twenty nine, and he called his name Noah saying, this one will comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Cursed is every man who's hung on a tree. Jesus took that curse. He's a type and shadow of Noah. Jesus Christ, Noah, and Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, uh, Enoch, you can stand there, elevated. Come, Yoshem, you stand there. You stand on that side. Yoshem. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. They're just names, Cynthia. Stand <laughs> there, please. Yeah. Your Japheth and your Canaan. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's go back to that scripture that Shem shall, uh, Japheth shall enlarge the tent. Yeah. Stop there now. Now, let's, I'm going to tell you what they actually mean from the from their meaning, what their names actually mean. So Shem, Shem, uh, just turn to the crowd, turn to the crowd, please. Turn to the crowd. Shem is symbolic of the spirit, the spirit in man. Okay? Shem defines as upright, righteous, renowned, brilliant, shining, splendor, dignity, monument, and memorial. He's, sim he's symbolic of the spirit in man. Why? God speaks to our spirit. Our spirit through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, this is powerful. Japheth is symbolic of man's intellect and the mental realm. Now, look what it says there. God, may God enlarge Japheth and may he dwell in the tents of Shem. Now, this, the man's intellect and the soul will be dictated by the spirit. It's actually amazing. Now, Canaan is symbolic of material existence. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't have any image to bring up. Uh, just. So, so Canaan is symbolic of material existence, traffic in materiality, a merchant, a pirate, low inferior, low land. And I'll explain that. Now he's showing us there, um, he's showing us there that the spirit man has to be enlarged so the man's intellect and the soulish realm can be dictated by the spirit. 
if the spirit is not dictated, if the soul is not dictated to the spirit, you'll be a slave to the flesh. Okay, now. You see it? Noah is symbolic of Christ. And he's showing you now that those who are led by the spirit, they are the sons. Sons? See? Anyways. <laughs> it's actually amazing. So you see here, Shem has to be enlarged now, meaning the soul, man's intellect, has to be taught by the Holy Spirit. He has to sit in the Holy Spirit, sit in the Word, and be taught and renewed in the spirit of his heart or his mind. You see? Isn't that amazing? Now Canaan, now Canaan, Canaan left undetected by the Spirit, the soul serves the flesh. Amazing. So the Holy Spirit showed me. Who would want to read the Bible without the Holy Spirit? Can you see? It shows you the level that the Holy Spirit wants to bring you to. Really, it's true. And it's not about me now, please. It just shows you the level of understanding that God wants you to have through the Holy Spirit. So all that praying, all that fasting, all the sacrifice you give to God, it's rewarded like this. So it shows you here the spirit man, the soul has to reside in the spirit man. He cannot be left undetected. Now let me show you some scriptures here. Let me show you some scriptures, then I'll get them to sit down. In Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 8, in the New King James Version, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit reaps everlasting life. So it shows you, it shows you that if the spirit doesn't get into the soulish and the mental realm and man's intellect, you're in trouble. Are you understanding? When you do not sit with the Holy Spirit every day and renew your spirit by the word of God and sit in the Holy Spirit, you are in trouble. The, the Canaan will operate in the world. What does Jesus say? Whoever makes himself a friend to this world, enemy to God. So if you don't sit with the Holy Spirit who God has given to you and you don't begin to operate in, in the person of the Holy Spirit, Canaan naturally will dominate and dictate you. It gets powerful. It gets more deeper. So thanks for all the volunteers. You can stay here if you like. <laughs> You see how, you see how um, nothing's there for the sake of it? Can you begin to see? 
So it shows you here, the spirit man, Shem, man's intellect has to reside in the spirit. He has to be led by the spirit. And if he doesn't sit in the gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given, naturally Canaan will operate. What, what's Canaan? Symbolic of material existence. Traffic in materiality. Naturally, you will be dictated by that. So if you don't sit in the presence of God and give time to the Holy Spirit to train you, naturally, you are operating in a Canaanite spirit. <clears throat> so that's what Shem means. Shem is upright, righteous, renowned, brilliant, shining, splendor, dignity. Japheth defines it as extends without limitation man's intellect. Infinite space, meaning he always has to enter the spiritual man to process if true or not. What does the Bible say? The mature have trained themselves to discern what? Both good and evil. You begin to see now that you cannot trust your intellect. You cannot trust your heart. Your heart cannot be trusted. That's why God gave you the Holy Spirit. The fleshly man, Canaan, is symbolic of material existence, traffic in materiality, a merchant, a pirate, low inferior, a lowland. Now look at this here. This will bless you. The, the Canaan means people of, of the lowland, meaning they're in the lowest valley of this world, meaning they have no vision, only what they can see in this world. Understand? They are in the lowest part of the world, meaning their vision is only what they can build from this world. Are we asleep or are we getting it? Okay. Lowland, meaning they're in the lowest valley of the world, meaning they have no vision. What does Jesus say? We're seated in heavenly places. Noah is symbolic of rest, quietness, calmness, peace, tranquility. Isn't that amazing? That when your spirit man leads, what is it? Peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. You see? <clears throat> Who's our peace now? Ephesians 2.14 to 18. For he himself is our peace, who had made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinance, so as to create in himself one new man. That from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. So our identity now is in the cross. All you have to do now is to sit in the Holy Spirit and be renewed. Your time with God is crucial. There, it says here, thereby putting to death the enmity, and he came and preached to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. So now we are restored in Christ. Now you have to sit with the Holy Spirit for what? 
little by little, begin to do all the work inside of you. Can you see? Little by little, he's got to expose all these things and you confront them right head on and deal with all those things of Satan's behavior characteristics. It's a behavior. So here, just a quick picture about you can't focus, you cannot, you cannot rely on the soul. The soulish realm is where your emotions are, your feelings are. You cannot rely on this because God is not an emotion. God is a spirit. Those who worship God, worship him in what? Holy Spirit and truth is the only thing that God can stabilize you in. Okay. Jeremiah 17, 9, New King James Version. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We are not called to venture off to see what's in our heart. We are called to focus on the Holy Spirit and he builds you. You don't have to look for which doors to close and which doors to open and I need to look deeper into something. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. He shuts the doors. He closes the doors. Jeremiah 7.24, yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and dictates of their evil hearts. It shows you a heart that's not subject to the spirit, it's evil. What does Paul say? What I want to do, I don't end up doing. So he sees a great resistance in the natural man, the soulish realm, the heart. Then he says, thanks, who's going to save me? Christ Jesus. How does he save you when you rely on his spirit? You spend time with his spirit and he, and he pinpoints the things that has to be dealt inside your heart. <clears throat> Mark's, uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 20 to 23, this is from the Amplified. And he said, whatever comes from the heart of men, that is what defiles and dishonors him. For within... That is, out of the heart of men come base and malevolent thoughts and schemes, acts of sexual immorality, thefts, murders, adulteries, acts of greed, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained conduct, envy, jealousy, slander, profanity, arrogance, self-righteousness, and foolish poor judgment. All these things, schemes and desires, come from within and defile and dishonor the man. You see, it's a heart issue. So what, how is the heart restored? When it's subject to the spirit. When you are dictated by the spirit, the heart cannot work anymore. Your soul is, is being given over to the spirit. Remember, Shem's, Shem's tent will be um, enlarged, meaning you sit in the tabernacle of God. You'll sit in the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit and his image will reflect your face and change you from the inside. It's very powerful. We go to Ephesians, or we'll go to First Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. 
I'll give you a picture of the three dimensions. Remember? The Shem, Japheth, and Canaan. Remember? The spirit, the soul, and the flesh. Look what Paul says about it. Now, this is not the treasure. It gets deeper. It says here, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, your soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will also do it. So what happens when Japheth sits in the tent of Shem? What happens? The flesh follows. Can you see the picture? The, the soul has to sit. Man's intellect has to sit in the spirit. The flesh follows, and they follow, and God starts to preserve you whole. You see that picture? So when, when the spirit deals with the man's intellect, man's heart, the flesh naturally follows. And they're all brought into subjection. We'll, we'll go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. <clears throat> this is Paul's teaching again. It says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. I'm just giving you a picture of what Shem has to do what Japheth has to do to sit with Shem. Shem is the tabernacle of God, the Holy Spirit. You sit with him, he cleanses you and purifies you. It's, it's the role of the Holy Spirit to do that. Your role is to sit in the tabernacle, sit with him, be disciplined and sit with him. It's the flesh will resist this the most. Because Canaan wants to be in the world. <laughs> oh, man. to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length and the height and depth the depth to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God so who brings the fullness of God? The Holy Spirit in the inner man. The Holy Spirit brings the love of God to you. So when you sit in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit builds the fullness of God's love inside of you. You're not trying to walk with him anymore. You're, his love is dictating you. It's very powerful. The Holy Spirit brings the fullness of God in your heart when you sit with him. Okay. Another treasure. But well, this is a great treasure. Probably better than the first one. Now this is Paul's mysteries of his teaching. Now you ready? Okay. Noah cursed the fourth son of Ham because he saw the nakedness of his father and told others about it. Okay? Canaan begat 11 sons. 11 sons. Yes? Remember that. 11 is the number that stands for confusion and refers to something that is out of God's order. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, I get happy because God is true. 
11 is the number that stands for confusion and refers to something that is out of God's order. Hello to mankind today, especially Christians. And who's behind it? The spirit of the Canaanite spirit is behind it. It's a spirit. You can't just leave God for the sake of leaving God. The Canaanite spirit is one of the greatest uh, attacks of attacking the believers today. Now I'll show it to you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The treasure is there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 9 to 12. Now, you ready? Canaan begat 11 sons. Paul speaks about the 11 sons here. Isn't that interesting that he says, nor homosexuals? Uh, homosexuals. Uh, that's a sodomy. Sodomite, uh, it's, a, it's a village in Canaan. So anyways, let's, let's go with it here. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Number one, unrighteous. Yes, we're all in agreement? Yes. Do not be de deceived. Neither fornicators two, idolaters three, adulterers four, homosexuals five, sodomite six, nor thief seven, nor covetousness eight, nor drunkards nine, nor revilers ten, nor extortioners eleven. We'll inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what's the role of the Canaanite spirit? To prevent you from operating the kingdom. It keeps you in this world, you cannot enter the kingdom. This verse is speaking about not operating in the kingdom of God. So when people say, you know, I want to hold on to alcohol, I want to hold on, all you're doing is preventing yourself from entering the kingdom. When people want to live as unrighteous and they want to live for themselves, all you're doing is preventing yourself from being used by the Holy Spirit. The one who cleansed themselves in the latter days will be used as instruments for God, set apart for his purpose, holy. So when you negotiate your life, covetousness, or wanting something you don't have, all you're doing is blocking yourself from entering the kingdom. The Canaanite spirit, he's the one behind you not being used by the Holy Spirit. I don't need to preach anymore. Really, I don't. I don't need to preach anymore. That's the message. That's the message. The spirit of the Canaanite, he is the one preventing you from you operating in the Father's will and operating in the kingdom. Hallelujah. And people ask me why God is not using me. This is the answer. This is the answer. This verse is not about heaven. This is will not inherit the kingdom, walking in the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? Now Paul speaks about different fleshly things. They're, they're different spirits. Before I get ahead of myself, he speaks about six. Remember I spoke about six? I mean the Hittite spirit, the six characteristics of um, Satan. Remember? This is the Canaanite spirit. 
11 principles or 11, 11 sons, 11 sons, 11 principles of the Canaanite spirit and how he exposes himself. And who was the greatest person who knew the whole Old Testament back to front? Who was it? Paul. He's, he knows what he's saying. He knows what he's saying. And God's just showing it to us. Just, just the, the first layer. The first layer he's showing it to us. He's exposing the different types of spirit that keep you from operating in your purpose. Can you just go back one sec? Look what it says here, the unrighteous. That, that first title, most of you fail. Just the first one. Then it goes on to here. It says here, don't be deceived, nor fornicators, nor idolaters. Read Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. You start to see, man, I've got a lot of growing to do. You start to see how much, what's Canaan? Number 11, out of order. So people are focusing on blessings here. People are focusing on things they need. Focus on growth. When you focus on growth, naturally he elevates you to the kingdom. You see what got carried away? See, I, I get carried away because to be taught by the Holy Spirit, it's exciting. It's new. It's not like, oh, here we go again, the same message, and here we go again, and what's going to be like that? Believe in Jesus and accept him? No, it's, it's actually, this is me. This is truth. This is a platform for you to grow. This is a platform for you to know, man, I've got a lot of growing to do. I've got a lot of discipline, me and the Holy Spirit, to begin to step into. Eleven is the number that stands for confusion and refers to something that is of, out of God's order. Man, I don't know what God's called for my life. Obviously, you don't know because you're living in these characteristics. Obviously, you don't know because you haven't dealt in these parts of your life. How many people are confused about their life with Christ, the better will of God in their life? There's a reason. It's because the spirit of the Hittite, uh, the Canaanite spirit has come and resided in you. And guess what happens when the spirit of the, this will shock you. Imagine when the spirit of the Canaanite, uh, Canaanite spirit enters you, you start to pray out of that spirit. Lord, I pray, Lord, you bless me and I'll focus on you, Lord. Bless me and that's how, that's how the Canaanite spirit works. Lord, when, I have a, when, when I'm comfortable, then I'll go back and I'll focus on you. You've already failed. You've already failed. If you focus on growth, there's no need to make promises to God. Focus on growth. The blessing, will, uh, the, the, the blessing in itself will mature you to contain whatever comes to you. It's actually true. But imagine praying out of the Canaanite spirit. Material, materialistic things vision of this world and it's hiding behind God. What does Satan do? He wants to take your heart. People are praying out of that spirit and they don't even know. This is the most, out of all the spirits that I've studied, this one is the high-ranking one. 
just, just that statement there, the unrighteous, will show you that my life needs to be in order. I don't know if I should preach anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I should preach anymore. <laughs> Look what it says here. I'll continue that scripture. Can we go to the next one? Now look, now look at Paul, what he's saying. Paul's not saying this for no reason after this. Look, I just want to show you this. Next scripture, 11. And such some of you were, such, and such were some of you, but you were washed. How do you get washed? Confess your sins. Confess the things that you've been a slave to. Confess those things. Bring it to the light and get washed and cleansed from all unrighteousness. That's the first procedure. Expose what you're a slave to. Expose what is dominating and dictating you. Get washed from that. But you were washed, but you were sanctified. Remember? The soul has to sit with Shem. And the spirit sanctifies you. Not the music. <laughs> But you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit, Shem, sit, cleanses you. So many people, they're praying, Lord, use me. Lord, cleanse me. I learned this principle now. No more use me. Promotion comes from God. Lord, cleanse me. Create in me a pure heart, O oh God. Can you see? This is spiritual meat. And I say this humbly. It's meat for your soul. For your soul to sit with Shem. And, and Jesus says, may his tent be enlarged. <laughs> So look at the process here. I'll show you what sancti sanctified means from the Greek. The word sanctify is hagiazo in the Greek. Did I say it right here? Hagiazo. Anyways, that's right. The word sanctify, it's in the Strong's, the, the Greek 3-7. The word sanctify, are you ready? Look. The word sanctify here, it's not something you, you just receive the moment you receive Christ. It's a process. Okay, look what it says here. The word sanctify means to make holy, to purify to make sacred, to make a saint, that's what it means. To venerate you mentally. Whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, think about these things, God of peace will be with you. 
That's a process. To separate you from profound things and dedicate you to God. To cleanse the externally body. To purify by expatiation, free from guilt and sin. To purify internally by renewing of the soul. Japheth, sit with Shem. So you begin to see here, I'm not going to continue anymore. I was, there's got like 10 more pages to go. I actually did. I have probably 10 more pages to go. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to continue it next week. But I'm going to stop here. I, I don't want to expose too much of the Canaanite spirit. I just want to give you what you can actually handle. Because there's so much meat in there, I don't want you to miss it. But the Canaanite spirit, you see how big it is? It's not just a behavior. It's how the whole world is tuned and operating. And you begin to see, my walk with God is a fine line. From this teaching, do you begin to see that my walk with God is a fine line? It's a fine line. You're either there or you're there. It's a fine line of how you need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. So a bit of homework, if you would like to do, those 11 principles or the 11 sons of Canaan, read what they are and reflect them in your heart. Read it and, and expose it. Am I operating in this way? You'll spend probably weeks in the first one, unrighteousness. You'll spend weeks in just that one alone. Unrighteousness has a lot to do with rebellion, lack of commitment, hardening of heart. Just unrighteous. Unrighteous, the whole of New Testament, unrighteousness is under the wilderness mentality, complaining, murmuring. You start to see, man, I've got a lot, a lot to uh, digest in my heart. But it's interesting that the spirit of the Kenmar, he lives in the lowest place of the earth, meaning his vision is not for God. The enemy keeps you in the vision of this world. Keeps you in the vision of this world. I need to build, I need to build my crops in this land. What does the Bible say? Life is merry. I'll build another tower to store my barns. Today your life will be demanded because you were rich unto yourself and not rich to God. Spirit of the Canaanite. Life is merry, it's good. I can relax. I put my feet up and relax. It's the spirit of the Canaanite spirit. You see, there's so much now. I don't want to get carried away. But Canaan begat 11 sons. Paul said, these are the 11 sons. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know why God shows us this? That he can have a pure bride. Really. This revelation is so you can be pure to God. Really. So bless you all. We'll stand up for prayer. I don't feel like to pray for people today.
And I feel like this teaching you need to digest. Digest. Um, also from today I want you to um, pray for your leaders pray for God's hand to continually be upon us every person that comes here I would like that you pray for all the leaders here and all the people that are serving pray, lift us up every day because the responsibility that God has given us it's not a light responsibility it's actually to steer the body of Christ so I pray that every person prays because the more you pray for us, the more God feeds you. It's actually true. And that's something that you should be doing anyways, but continue to pray. Let's pray. Father, we worship you. We worship you, Father. We give you all the glory. Lord Jesus, as we enter your throne of grace, by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, as a body, Lord, we like to thank you for the wisdom you're bestowing upon us so that we can be a blameless, pure bride without fault in this warped and crooked world. Thank you, Lord. I pray for this wisdom, Lord, to be in our hearts I pray for the spirit of grace to strengthen us so that everything that was spoken, that we may walk and operate in it. Lord Jesus, we love you. We love you, Lord. Everything is about you, Lord. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you, Lord. From all our hearts, we like to thank you. We give you gratitude today. We give you gratitude today, Lord. We give you gratitude today. Thank you. Thank you that little by little you're working in our heart. Thank you. Thank you for the bread on the table. Thank you for money to pay our bills. Thank you that our children are healthy. Thank you that we are healthy. Thank you that you will be done inside of us. I pray, Lord, that every person here is protected and strengthened in your precious Holy Spirit. But I pray from today, Lord, that we can accomplish your will and be sanctified according to your purpose so that we can finish and fight the good fight of faith. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for everything you've done in this place. Thank you for feeding us. You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Lord, I thank you for the cross. We remember everything you've done at the cross. Give us grace to understand this. Thank you. Thank you for your blood that washes us and makes us clean. Thank you. We declare it over our minds, our bodies, and our hearts, and our spirit. In Jesus' name, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. I pray, Lord, that you heal every person here that is struggling mentally and spiritually. Any form of oppression, bondage, 
and mental attacks, we break it over them in Jesus' name. I declare breakthroughs over every person today. For you give without fault finding and measure. Thank you for the abundance of your grace that was manifested in your son Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you. I pray from today that you lift the standard of truth in our hearts so we can be set apart for your purpose and your will. Amen. Hallelujah. You can stay.